turn up your radio, it's time for DeLorean Talk with your host, Dave Tavers. Hi, and welcome to DeLorean Talk. This is episode number 14. Thanks for joining, as always. Today, I'm doing something a little bit different. Uh, This is a live, in-person recording. This is uh, the day before Thanksgiving 2017, and I became friendly with Chris Miles at the last DeLorean weekend in Las Vegas a few months back. I was just overwhelmed and amazed at his level of experience and his passion and his interest and his knowledge. Um, Really enjoyed talking to him and getting to know him. And over the last few months, uh, as we've gotten to know each other, uh, he, he said, hey, and, you know, when you're in the area, come by and I'll help you do some of the tweaks that you've been wanting to do to your car. So I got an invite to San, to San Francisco area for Thanksgiving and said, okay, well, that makes sense to drive the DeLorean from Southern California up to the Fresno area and then continue on to San Francisco for Thanksgiving. So uh, here I am sitting in the car with Chris Miles. Thanks for joining me, Chris. Thanks for having me on the show. I've really enjoyed listening to it. And it's uh, fun hearing all the different stories that we get to hear from all the different owners. And everyone kind of has their own story. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to touch on a few of those things today. Yeah. The interesting thing, other than just being a live recording, is partly for some soundproofing, but also because I thought it would be kind of fun, we are sitting in Chris's DeLorean in his, in his garage while we're recording this. Uh, it reminded me, and I can't remember, it might have been, I can't remember who it was, but uh, a few episodes back, I was talking to somebody and they were sitting in their DeLorean doing the doing the phone call. So uh, it's nice and quiet in here other than if we squeak on the, seat, on the seats. But um, So Chris, why don't you start by telling us uh, your VIN number, how long you've had your car, uh, just a little of the backstory that that uh, people usually ask you. Sure. Um, I have a 83 car. It uh, was manufactured in August. The last numbers are 16409. And um, at a young age, I always had the idea of wanting a DeLorean. And I have memories of like pretending I was driving a DeLorean at recess at school and things wow. like that. Um, that's, awesome. that's early. And mostly thinking it was the time machine from Back to the Future. And then once I got older, like high school age, I started thinking about, you know, what would it take to buy a DeLorean? And I remember at the time, DMC Texas had just kind of um, started, like, real gung-ho with their internet sales. And back then, in like, you know, 2000, 2001, they would have their build-your-own-DeLorean page. And basically, you could spec out the car how you wanted, and they would refurbish one and get it to you. And I would do that all the time and figure out like what options I wanted and um, so on and so forth. And the funny thing was, I did it over the years. And you know, when I first started, oh, it's twenty-five thousand dollars restored. <laughs> and then a couple years later, it was like twenty-seven, thirty-two, and. Now they're they're wanting a hundred thousand dollars for a car <laughs> for a new quote unquote new car. Exactly. How fun! I, I I don't remember ever seeing or hearing about the build your own DeLorean on the on mm-hmm. the website. It's not there anymore, is it? No, they took that down. I think um, 
for whatever reason, they're probably just not doing as many as they used to, and especially at the prices that they're asking nowadays. Yeah. Jeez, I don't know. I think they should put that back up. Sounds like fun, and they might catch a couple of future buyers by doing the same thing, just like they did with you. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, when I was in high school, you know, I seriously looked around at DeLoreans and, you know, wasn't really going to happen. So I got the next best car that I could kind of substitute, and I found a 1992 300ZX, uh, and it was a cool car. Uh, you didn't see very many of them on the road in the early 2000s. Um, for whatever reason, they're just kind of on the rarer side. I always wanted a unique car, one you didn't see around, so I didn't want anything that was common, like a Mustang or something like that. It didn't appeal to me. But having that, that Z car was really cool. It was probably the fastest car I've owned because... Yeah, it's not a DeLorean. No. <laughs> but when I started uh, making a little more money, I decided that I wanted to buy a new car because I didn't want to keep putting money into my Z. It was just one thing after another and this is before I you know was comfortable doing mechanic type work and you know it was a kind of a newer car I had a lot of you know systems and computers and things and I wasn't comfortable working on it so I said well I'm gonna get a new car so I said well I can get a, a new car for about twenty four thousand dollars it's gonna be something sporty and so you know I thought well what's available Hyundai just released their Genesis Coupe and I said, well, that's pretty cool. There aren't very many of them around because it was new. And I said, well, I don't know. I wasn't sure. And out of the blue, I was having lunch with a friend, and there was a DeLorean parked in a local shopping center in Fresno. And all of a sudden, all of these old emotions about DeLorean started coming back because I kind of just written it off. Right. Me too. And I said, oh, that's right. I, I, I first, wanted DeLorean. Yeah, I wanted DeLorean. I, what, what's wrong with me? I didn't. I haven't <laughs> thought about it in a long time, and and so then I started researching them again and finding out, you know, what's what and about what year was this? Um, this has got to be like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Okay. So I took pictures of the car and I saved it, and I started searching around and uh, looking at some Craigslist stuff, eBay, and. Uh, I found a car locally in town, and it had a turbo on it, and it was in rough shape. And I drove it. That was probably the first one I drove. And I said, well, you know, it's just, I'm not going to do anything silly. I'm going to try to see if I can find something else. And searching on eBay, and one popped up. It had quite a few miles on it. It was like a 90,000-mile car. Oh. But At that point, had you decided that you wanted to get a DeLorean instead of a new car? Like, was it going to be your daily driver? It was going to be my daily driver. Wow. Okay, so That's I commitment. Could, I couldn't afford to have two cars. No, no. So, and I was um, a grad student at college. I was teaching part-time for the biology department. <laughs> so I was making about $1,000 a month. I was living at home. <laughs> I said, well, I can live off of half of that and pay for a car payment. Right. So, looking at this ad, lots of detail about it. I ended up um, being able to contact the seller, and for the next several weeks, we talked on the phone, like wow. every other day, just going over things. Where was that seller at? He was in Los Feliz. Oh, that's in L.A., yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Los Feliz, yeah. Yeah, and uh, finding everything about the car, no, found out that um, he was kind of technically the second owner. The car was owned by a, a woman, and then let her daughter drive it, and then this guy named Steve bought it, that I bought it from. And uh, everything that I can think of, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I've got tons of paperwork on the car, it's always been driven. And that was my main goal, finding a car that had been driven and maintained, not parked. Yeah. So having the miles really didn't matter to me. It's kind of counterintuitive, because you think, oh, a lot of miles means more damage to parts in the car, but with the DeLorean, the longer it sits, the the worse it is. Exactly. So, and everybody always says, "Oh, you got to drive the DeLorean," and you know they like to be driven, and they're better when they've been driven. But you can, there's still wear and tear on the DeLorean. But being such a unique car, yeah, I guess we know that if it's got a lot of miles, somebody has been driving it, and maintaining it. Um, so you're probably going to get a better car. People can dis, you know, disagree with that, and. Uh, Please write in and, and disagree, and we, then we can have you on the show, and you can talk. You can tell us why you disagree, but uh, that's pretty good. So you got a car with about ninety thousand miles, ninety five ish. Wow. Um, and so if you think about it this way, when you have a car sitting for you know fifteen twenty years, and then some guy goes to start it, and then basically pumps a bunch of sludge Distribute into your engine. fuel distributor, and then screws it up royally. Yep. Uh, and then you're spending thousands of dollars replacing the parts. So that wasn't the case on this car. It had been regularly maintained by Don Steger down in um, Garden Grove when he had his shop. Um, I got tons of paperwork on it. Uh, took it for a test drive. A buddy and I went down to the L.A. area to look at the car. We went on like a Saturday. And um, and all the, and how long is this from the time you saw the ad till the time you bought it? I'd say Weeks, months, probably a month or so, and and so this was around 2008. Um, probably more in 2009 when this particular car this was car found. Came yeah, because mm-hmm. that seems like a long time to, for a month for the for a car, any good condition DeLorean to uh-huh. sit for a month and not get sold immediately. So because, I guess this was before the big boom. And it was, like, to be honest, I paid twenty four thousand dollars <sighs> for the car, and it was. <laughs> Running, running twenty four thousand dollars in two thousand nine. I mean, with it might have five thousand miles. It might have been high. It might have been too much, but there's... that seems low. But yeah, I don't know what the two thousand nine dollars uh, equate to today. Everyone will say, "Oh yeah, I found one for this price. I found one for that price." But having the peace of mind that I went down and sat with my friend, drove it, gave him some money down. I said, I'm going to come back next week and I'm going to buy it. And I'm going to drive it home. He said, yeah, no problem. It'll make wow. it. Wow. Nice. So it was my daily car for better part of three years. Wow. Oh, in the Fresno area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very fun. During that time, did you have to do any major maintenance on it or was it more tweaking and just doing things you wanted it to do? A lot of it tweaking, a lot of it upgrades. The, the big thing that happened shortly after I bought it was I was backing out of my garage and I heard this crack. And I said, what is that? I noticed uh, when I was straightening out the wheel, the wheel was off center going straight. I said, what the hell is that? Uh-oh. I was, had to go to work. I live real close to work. And so I came back home. I got under the car. I looked at 
the suspension, and I noticed that the control arm had broken. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the that's the thing that breaks, right? Yeah, exactly. So I get into the car and I look, and the control arm had broke right around the ball joint area. Oh, so the thinnest part the of the thinnest metal. part of the middle. Yeah. So I said, "Oh, crud." Um, so there's no repairing that. That's no. not a weld job. That's a replace the right. So I had arm. to I had to send out and get some control arms. Do you remember what you got? I mean, did you go do the aluminum ones, or did you get none of that existed back then? So I did oh. the the um, the unapproved maneuver. I went and called John Hervey, and um, had him send me a couple of refurbished arms and everything. And what do you say unapproved? What does that mean? <laughs> a lot of people uh, have differing opinions about specialty auto. Oh, got it. At the time, he had the best deal. There was really no, not many other options, really. Josh Bankston really hadn't had his, like, field tested yet. And a, a few years later, I decided I wanted to get um, new new arms. So I had uh, purchased some from a guy named Bern Hinniger, who was a guy in Georgia who had DeLorean parts. And he, had, he made his out of, like, really thick steel. And they're really beefy, so I put those on. Well, I've never heard that name. I've even seen it in writing anywhere. So he had a business called Henniger and Associates. He did a small business. I guess he was known in, in the Georgia area. Hmm. And uh, he had a few cool products, um, the control arms, and he did a neat door strut bracket that I have in my car. Um, and so, uh, and at the time, again... When I got those, there wasn't really anything else that was new. They hadn't had the aluminum ones. Josh couldn't provide me a set of stainless arms. So I went with the next available thing. So I mean, right. And those are the ones that are still in the car mm -hmm. today. Yep. So that was like the biggest thing that happened. In the, in, during those three years. Yeah. The control arm broke. But the engine, if it's all been good, I did a tune-up on the car just because. New water pump. I wanted to put the uh, lowering springs in the front to drop it down just enough. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I did. Okay. And, and I got new shocks because, yeah. I mean. Doing it at the same time. Yeah, exactly. All the while you're in there type things that everyone talks about. So the lowering, because I've asked a lot of people. I I love the the that look of that stance with the lower front end. But mm -hmm. I've talked to a couple of owners who have done it. And hated it because they end up scraping everywhere. I don't. I don't think those people went super low. I think they just went to the, you know, to the what is it, four inches or something lower. Mm -hmm. um, have you? What's been your experience with it? I haven't noticed any terrible problems. It's not too low. I've seen DeLoreans that are slammed. Yeah. But these have a nice, just enough to bring it down. Do you remember who? What, which springs you put in? Yeah. Um, so there's a guy named Martin in England. He has a small side business of some DeLorean parts. And at the time, he had some lowering springs made. He doesn't sell them anymore. But I would recommend giving Rob Grady or Ed Uding a call in the Netherlands and getting a set of their front lowering springs. The rears are fine. You don't need to mess with them, in my opinion. I mean, I think it's overkill. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So that was the first three years of having the car. And what happened after that? It's been a good car. I mean, there's been times here and there that, you know, uh, I hadn't didn't have it for a few weeks. Luckily, I was able to still drive a car, be able to borrow my 
parents' car or something <laughs> like that. But my goal was to do jobs that I could do in a weekend. Sure. And get them done and get back to school or get back to work. Right. And for the most part, that was the case. And uh, I have 150,000 miles on the car now. So you put around 60 mm -hmm. in eight, nine years? Going on nine years. Nine yeah. years. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't drive it as much as I used to drive it. Um, I'm a, Currently, I'm a high school teacher. So now that I have money, I was able to buy a daily driver. And I was able to keep this DeLorean as a pleasure car. I drive it at least once a week. And I feel bad if I don't drive it every week. <laughs> and what is your daily driver? Currently, I have a, nine, a 2014 Honda CRZ. I always want a car that you don't see a lot. Previous to that, um, I had a 1992 MR2. So I always kind of like the sportier, sportier cars. It's sometimes fun to hear what people... Well, I've asked other people on this show... Because uh, it's like, is the DeLorean the fun sports car? And the other one is a Cadillac or a pickup truck or, you know, or is it another sporty car? Right. So I loved owning the DeLorean and MR2 at the same time because I could say I had, I had two mid slash rear engine cars. <laughs> yeah. And that was a neat car. But again, it was old. It was a 92, 93. And I wanted a car that was, had, you know, modern amenities in it and, Right. One that would, wouldn't require me having to fix. I already have this car, this DeLorean to fix, so I didn't want to <laughs> have to mess around with another old car. So since or during those three years or since then, have you basically done every tweak that you want to this car? I'd say so. I'm kind of running out of things to do <laughs> to it. I mean... Uh, I can see, because again, we're sitting in the car, I can see that you've got a dash mat, dash cover... So the binnacle's covered, and it looks like this was made for the DeLorean. Mm -hmm. um, how long have you had this on? It's a funny story. So um, when I went to go look at the car the first time... Back in 08. Back in, yeah, 09. 09. I gave the guy a deposit, and I said, well, can I take the dash cover and the keys with me? And he said, sure, take take one set of keys. That's kind of like, a, yeah, you know, this is your faith. car now. Yeah. I said, okay. So, yeah, I've had the dash mat since I've owned the car. It came with the car. <laughs> you took the dash yeah. mat the week before you got you actually yeah, picked up the car. Exactly. <laughs> okay. It's saying, you know, but I thought i got to have proof that I'm getting this car. <laughs> and you got, I can see that you've got an Alpine stereo, aftermarket stereo in the mm -hmm. car. That came with it. Oh, it was already in, so mm -hmm. you did not do that. Mm -hmm. What other tweaks have you done over the years? Well, one of the big things was I removed every piece of trim pretty much on the car and um, redyed it. The exteriors? All of the door panels. Oh, the interior console, trim. yeah. Oh, and you re-dyed everything. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I couldn't, I didn't notice. I couldn't tell. It's kind of a nice color. And I yeah. think it's held up pretty well. Yeah. So, uh, because I got to know you a little bit at DeLorean Weekend, uh, that was not, this car that we're sitting in is not the DeLorean that you drove to DeLorean Weekend. You are one of the... I'm going to say few owners that have two DeLoreans. That's correct. <laughs> uh, that's a whole other story, one that I didn't think would happen. Um, it's kind of a sad story, but it's a, a kind of a neat story. Over the course of my ownership, I came to know a man named Ken, and uh, he was just like every one of us who wanted a DeLorean. He was a kid when they came out. He was like a teenager, I think. 
And he told his mom, I'm going to buy one of those cars. He goes, his mom said, no, you're not. And so, obviously, he didn't buy one when he was younger, but when he was, I guess you could say his midlife crisis, he decided he's finally going to buy a DeLorean. And Ken's a very eccentric man, and he didn't want any DeLorean. He had to have something stand out. Yeah, because a DeLorean doesn't stand out enough. Exactly. <laughs> so he wanted to get a painted car. So he found a guy locally, actually, in the Fresno Clovis area that had two DeLoreans in his private garage. <laughs> Another one, okay. And he had a service shop, and uh, you know he he did work, and somehow he he got working on DeLoreans, and Ken saw that he had a, the, a red painted DeLorean was advertised, and so he came. He lived in Visalia, and he came uh, to look at the car, and he saw both cars. He saw the silver one he had, he had saw the painted one. He says, well, I'm getting the painted one. Hmm. So he buys the painted one in around 2008, and I got mine in late 2009, and over the course of maybe, I don't know, a year later, I, I met Ken. We went to uh, a car show together. You met at the car show? Yeah, I met at the car show. Um saw his car and we didn't talk about this but one of the reasons why I bought a DeLorean was because I found a local owner in Fresno who had one and that was kind of a bargain I made that I needed to have someone who knew a little bit about the car have someone around to help me with it <laughs> yeah because I was no way I was able to afford the maintenance at yeah. a shop yep so my friend Ryan he had his car for quite a few years when I had gotten mine already and so Ryan had kind of introduced me to Ken as well because we were all at the same car show together after that we were inseparable pretty much we did all different car shows together he was he was always you know calling me up talking this and that and this is what I'm going to do next you know he always had something to do on his car and unfortunately tragically he uh, had a heart attack and um, he didn't make it, and uh, went to his funeral. A couple other DeLorean owners showed up because they knew him, and you know, um, uh, he uh, he and I had went to DeLorean Weekend um, the first time that I went. I think it was in 2014. So I took my silver car. He took his red car, and. Um, like the next year he passed away. And, um, then another DeLorean weekend happened and I didn't want to go because, you know, it was kind of, we went to, with, I went with Ken, so that was kind of yeah, like. Yeah, that was your connection. Yeah. A good connection. Yeah, so kind of like just, you know, there wasn't anything else I could do, you know. Um, I didn't really think about his car all that much. My friend and Ryan and I went um, and kind of, uh, had a one, one last send-off with his car. We drove it around the block and kind of repositioned it in his garage so that you get another car in there. And uh, that was kind of it. And then uh, early, let's say maybe March, April of 2017, I get a notification that uh, a red DeLorean has been listed for sale in the Visalia, California area, and I said, oh, what's going on here? And, um, and we find out that a uh, an attorney is listing property for sale, and I said, well, they must be doing, uh, you know, like, 
his inheritance or something like that. Oh, right. And so I get a hold of the lawyer and said, oh, yeah, um, Ken didn't have a will, and the state is going to sell all of his property to recoup some costs. Oh, wow. His family was kind of, you know, they weren't going to be able to keep anything because he had bills to pay and creditors. So um, after I talked to the uh, lawyer, I actually get a hold of Ken's parents. So I took my friend Ryan and we went over to uh, talk to Ken's parents and daughter was, was there. And we said, you know, we were, we were good friends of Ken. His daughter asked, were you at the funeral? And we said, yes, of course, we were there. We had our cars there. We brought our DeLoreans to the funeral. And he says, oh. I said, well, you know, what are you planning to do with the car? He says, well, we can't keep it. We can't buy it because all the property has to be sold. I said, well, what if I buy it? And we talk about it, and they really like that idea because... Somebody who loves it and loved Ken. They couldn't bear to see the car just sitting in their garage. Or get sold off to right. somebody that didn't appreciate exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, have a connection. So they didn't care to make any kind of profit for the state. So we negotiated a price that we were all comfortable with. Nice. And um, I paid them the money. I spent a whole day at Ken's parents' house. Um, going uh, through the fuel tank, cleaning it out, and was able to drive it. It hadn't been driven in two years. Started right up. Nice. Took it home. Wow. So, uh, wonderful story. Getting to kind of carry on uh, a legacy of someone that clearly loved the DeLorean. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, your first experience with DeLorean Weekend, and now you are one of those few people that have multiple DeLoreans, and in your case, both of them run very well. I, I saw it. I saw the red one at DeLorean Weekend, and now I've seen your silver one. And it's funny, in talking to you, you often will say, my silver car, my red car. Yeah. <laughs> I have a kind of a running joke. We call it Big Red, because <laughs> Ken called himself the red-headed stepchild of the group, <laughs> and he had a big personality. And... That uh, that red car, it is not just a painted car. It is super customized. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that you have not ch- made any major changes to it, uh, None at least the, visually. No visual changes, no. Yeah. I've done a lot of um, tweaks that I've done on, on my silver car to that car just to make it better. Easier to maintain or right. drive better. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, on our way back from DeLorean Weekend with Ken, he, he ended up breaking down uh, outside of Barstow, California. He tells me about it. Yeah, I had to call a tow truck, and I said I kind of told him a few things. You know, this and this, check that. And I said, you know, there's this thing called a hot air dam that you put in front of the fuel tank, and all the all the air, the the radiator fans, is directed down underneath the car, and it doesn't heat up the gas. That was like a problem. If the gas got too hot, they would build up pressure, and like the fuel the fuel pickup would collapse. Oh, wow. Was a problem, meaning that's been resolved now somehow? Well, now that we have these new integrated fuel pumps, oh, all, got that, it. all that old equipment's out of there. So. Okay, got it. And that was, I wanted to make sure that was done. And I did a few things before I took the red car back to DeLorean Weekend. I did a tune-up. and. So and when things. he broke down, you told him to check that. And mm-hmm. was that the problem? 
Yeah, because he was able to <laughs> start it again and everything. And, wow. Yeah. Yeah, see, again, this is where I've said it, I've talked to you, I've talked about you to several people, and um, I say you're young. I just turned 43. You're a bit younger than me. You're, the knowledge you have on so many parts of the car is impressive and awesome. There's lots of people that know tons about the car, but you really do a lot of work to your cars, and you know components and pieces, and when I talk to you, you know about all the parts. I mean, you're you're definitely uh, not one of the normal owners that I've talked to. And normal owners I've talked to, they might change your oil, but they're not doing a lot of the major things that you've done on your own. Most people like me, I think, are dropping it off at a shop and getting it fixed. So I think you, you're kind of unique in that, that you're doing so much of the work on your own. And it was really on-the-job training and not willing or wanting to pay yeah. Some some garage in my town to learn how to work <laughs> right. on the car. Yeah, when you can learn on your own. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, that that's fantastic. Uh, I'm assuming then you drive your silver car more than the red car. Uh, I try to drive it one one of them every every week. Every week. Got it. Yeah. What is the furthest you've driven uh, one of your cars away from home? So. Um, in 2014, I went to DeLorean weekend in the silver car, so that was pretty far. Um, I drove my car... That being that being Vegas. Vegas. So Fresno to Vegas is, what, uh, five hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Five and a half hours. Five and a half hours. Of course, I, I drove my car from L.A. to Fresno when I first got it. Sure, which is about four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been back to L.A. a couple times in my car. And uh, the red car, I took... To uh, Delorean Weekend Delorean a few weekend, months ago. Yeah. When Ken had the car, he went to DCS 09. Was that Ohio? No, that was in Vegas, too. Oh, that was Vegas. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those that's your longest trip in either of the cars, really, is Fresno to Vegas. Yeah, I think so. Got it. And like I said at the beginning of this episode, that uh, so far this was my longest drive going from Southern California, Orange County, to Fresno. And this might... I'm sure this probably does sound cheesy, but the tagline for DeLorean back in the 80s was live the dream. And we've seen it posted all over in the forums. And, you know, it's one of those things that's still around. And I remember it 20 plus years ago when I first saw the car and wanted to get one myself. And I drove my DeLorean from Orange County to Vegas twice and I've driven it all over to San Diego and Los Angeles and all over Southern California. I've been loving the car. I've had it almost two years now. But this trip, driving north to go to San Francisco for Thanksgiving, is the first time I was between L.A. and, and Fresno, and something suddenly clicked as I'm driving down the road. And again, this is the cheesy part. All of a sudden I went, wow, I'm living the dream. Because... Kind of like you, with you're talking about at recess, pretending to drive the car. Right. I remember lots of times, I love driving. I've driven back and forth to L.A. and San Francisco dozens of times. And the number of times that I have thought about doing exactly what I was doing yesterday is driving the DeLorean someplace other than, you know, just uh, nearby. I'm like, I, I can't believe it. The first time it really hit me, kind of choked me up a little bit going, I can't believe I finally achieve this goal or this dream 
to be driving the DeLorean. And it's been running great. The, for me, the temperature gauge was just pegged at that first mark and had the AC on, and it was just a cruise grade. So so that was really exciting to have that experience uh, and have that feeling. And it just makes me more happy and excited to have the car and share it with other people. Definitely. And it's always good to have... Uh a trouble-free motoring experience in a DeLorean. <laughs> yeah, most of, you know, growing up, I had crappy cars that broke down all the time. So I've I've been stuck on that same trip multiple times. Um, I also have to, I want to say thank you sincerely, as if I haven't said thank you enough. But uh, as I've whined about and cried about, while I know plenty of owners in Southern California, I don't have anybody that's nearby that has your experience <laughs> to, I'll say, motivate me, get my you know, get me off my butt to actually do some of the tweaks. And you have been so awesome today helping me do the little things to my car that just, you know, make it a little bit nicer and, and, uh, fantastic. What, I mean, in the short amount of time, what we got accomplished, I'm embarrassed to say, like I said, I've had the car almost exactly two years and I've had a bag of stuff that I've been collecting that I've been wanting to put in the car. Uh, I bought a, an, a a kit from DMC California, the whole exterior stainless steel screw kit. And I bought the exterior LED lights. Um, Rob Grady sold me the last little piece of trim that was missing off of one of my door, uh, the door jams. All that stuff has been sitting in the car for a year and a half. Uh, and I've just been really busy. I love the car, but I haven't spent the time to do it. In a couple of hours, you helped me do all those things and way more. We got all the screws in, finished installing all the last of the LED kit uh, on the outside. So now I have all exterior LEDs. Uh, I had bought a LED kit for the back of the center console panel. And right. you, again, you just you knew exactly everything that we were doing. You were just jumped right on it. You knew exactly what we were doing. There was no thinking about it, trying to figure it out. Uh, so yeah, now I've got the LEDs in the center console. Uh, what else? We put the, I finally put my, the stainless steel letters in my, in the bumper. Right. Those turned out really nice. Look good. And, uh, you got some new front speakers for the car. Yeah, finally. Um, <laughs> so I bought new rear speakers again, probably a year ago, but as most people know, the re- replacing the rear speakers is sketchy because if you break those plastic panels, you can't get replacements. Right. And I've read lots of the articles, and uh, but I still haven't replaced those. And I recently, I think I talked about it on a previous episode, I recently upgraded my original ASI radio, thanks to Dimitri in France, to a Bluetooth ASI radio. Same exact radio, it just has a flip switch goes between the two. So now I've actually been listening to music in the car when I'm driving, and the front two speakers just, you know, they just sounded buzzy and bad. And again, thanks to you, we, you just crawled underneath there, we got the got the nuts off, and I bought new ones, $36 from Amazon for a couple of Pioneer two-way, three-and-a-half-inch speakers. Um, it's, when you pulled out that first speaker, that was kind of a crack-up. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it to be so bad, actually. <laughs> the, the entire outer ring of the paper cone was just gone. It just said... Deteriorated I mean, years deteriorated. ago. Deteriorated, yeah, years ago. It just it sat in a garage for 27 years, so it was completely gone. I yeah, and like you said, I was surprised it still worked. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I wouldn't think it would have sounded, you know, as I guess good as it did. But yeah, sometimes and, you just have to take something apart and just go at it. And 
sometimes you run into a snag and other times, you know, you get over it or get around it and, you know. <laughs> we it, learned that today, too. Yeah. <laughs> So, so putting in the new speakers, yeah, we went from the the original front speakers were 15 watts. It's kind of comedic, actually, if you think about it. <laughs> it is, yeah. To go back, wow, 1983, 15 watts was acceptable, and these new ones, like I said, 36 bucks. These are 60 watts each. So uh, yeah, pretty exciting to. Uh, we tested it, but I haven't driven with them yet, so I'm excited to get on the road and and hear how they sound. Even though the crappy 15 watt, you know, 30. 35 plus year old broken speakers sounded just fine for me driving <laughs> driving north what else oh yeah oddly in putting on that one little last piece of trim uh, all of a sudden you're like oh look this piece is loose too and so is this one and look this is loose there's so many pieces of trim around the door that were just sitting there they weren't even stuck anymore you just picked up the one on the passenger right. side it's crazy so since we were using some adhesive on the little tiny section, I said, well, let's just, you know, finish off this tube because it's just going to go bad anyway, and we'll just re-glue it all. We got some tape and held it in place, and overnight, came out perfect. Yeah, it looks, it just looks fantastic. And so. normally you see these outer door seals on these cars, they just get rotten and cracked, but yours are in good shape. There's no reason to replace them. Yeah. In fact, that was, I had, thanks to, I think, Mark Bouchard in Arizona, uh, what a year, a little over a year ago, he had redone the the seals on his trunk lid, mm-hmm. and I really liked it. So I ordered those, and again, sat they sat in the box unopened for <laughs> over a year. And uh, I thought, oh, maybe we could take a look at it. I pulled open, I pull, open up the box, and then you went and looked at the at the seal, and we we're like, it just needs a little glue here just to get it back onto the hood. Same thing, use the last of that tube and. <laughs> Got it on there, and now the, you know I've got the original trunk seal that seems to be standing up pretty well. It's not cracked or anything. It's, it would be way more labor-intensive to take it off and put a new one on. So Yeah. Thank you so much for all your help. Uh, I will be... I, unfortunately, I didn't take pictures along the way. It, I feel like we were just go, 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 go. I totally forgot to take pictures, but I'm going to take some pictures and do a couple of write-ups and add it to... My car website, which is dmc10515.com. I've got some other stuff up there, but I'm going to include all the little things that, that you you helped me with today. So that was really fun. It's always fun to be able to help someone else out on their car. In my experience, besides my friend Ryan in town, like other owners that I've met over the years, they just didn't quite seem into doing anything with their cars. Really? Yeah. And Huh. Ryan, Ryan and I have kind of done most of everything on our car, so we're running out of things to do. <laughs> well, lucky me. Lucky for me. I mean, four and a half hour drive is not too bad, but might, who knows? I might have to hit you up again. I, I know I need to replace the fuel lines. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, you, you just made the comment that you don't have many other owners. Do you, Is there a club here in this area? Do you uh, know many other owners? How many other DeLoreans are in the area? And I say in the area, I mean, this is, you know, Clovis, so... I don't know, 20, 30-mile radius? Um, there's probably around five that are in the area. And um, and you, do you know all the people, or you just know that there's about five in the area? I think we know everybody. Uh, most of them aren't driven. My friend Ryan, he uh, and I drive ours probably the most. There's two other cars that are drivable, but we don't have a lot of, uh, a lot of owners around here that we're just kind of have an unofficial club we don't we don't do anything official and 
I mean, I, I would like to be able to try to get more interest and maybe try to get some of the guys from Northern California to come down and do a car show with us. Hmm. I, I know I've seen the NorCal Club online. How far away are they? Are, are they? Is it NorCal like way north, or is it San Jose north? It's like San Jose, Davis, Sacramento, the, all all of that area. It's oh, a big area. Mm-hmm. Huh. So have you driven up there to do any events mm-hmm. with them? Yeah. Um, a year or two ago, Rob Grady flew out from New York, and he set up shop at a local garage, and uh, he was doing uh, $50 inspections. So my friend Ryan and one of our other friends who lives in Colorado, he was on leave from the Air Force, so he came back home to visit, and we, we drove up to San Jose area, and we spent the day talking with the owners. There's probably about 15 Wow. People that showed up. Fifteen. So Rob was working all day doing the inspections, and he then set up subsequent trips to come up and fix some of those cars. Nice. Did you uh, did you have him check your cars? Yeah, he checked my car, and um, did he find anything? Nothing critical. He, <laughs> he mentioned that there's some spots on the front frame extension that could use some uh, epoxy epoxy at some yeah. point, and so. He just found the same thing on mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, nothing nothing that critical that I need to do right away. But uh, it was fun to be able to meet him. And then um, I got to see him again at DeLorean Weekend this year. So that was fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anytime that I can, you know, meet up with owners, it's always, it's always good to, you know, look at their car, see what they did, share what I've done, get them excited about driving their car and not just... Letting it sit around. Yeah, not just having it be a, a garage showpiece. Mm-hmm. As I talk to more people, in fact, I, you and I were talking earlier tonight, and it kind of struck me that there's, we all know there's lots of DeLoreans around, but the number that are just parked in a garage or some out in the backyard, unfortunately, um, they just sit there. And I can't imagine that people who own those want to leave them in that condition. So I, I, I wonder why people leave in that condition is it do you think it's a financial thing do you think people just don't want to spend the money it's going to take to get them running again it's very bizarre I, sometimes i think it's oh uh, i'm keeping this car forever and it's going to be worth millions of dollars or they just they're content to leave it the way it is they have no desire hmm. to get it running again i don't know it's it's very weird the delorean uh ownership is you know i'm all about keeping the car on the road and yeah. other people's just you know life gets in the way and um i i think about that sometimes again i'm a newbie but i thought boy what happens if i have some major problem with the car and it's going to cost five grand to fix it am i gonna am i gonna pony up that money or is it going to sit in the garage for six months or a year or two years or three years you know what's going to happen so I, I i love the car i would drive it more if well, I, I feel like I drive it a lot. I think I just did the math, and in just under two years, I put about 9,000 miles on it. That's pretty good. See, I, that seems pretty good. For you know, a the, non-daily driver, most people drive 10,000 miles a year in their daily cars, right. a little bit more than that. Yeah, so, so I did half that, yeah. So well, that's fine. And and I, you know, back and forth to Vegas twice, basically. So I think, well, you know, I'm driving it more than I think a lot of people. Uh, but L.A. kind of helps because it's, you know, <laughs> there's just a lot of lot of area out there. Do you have any 
fun or crazy stories since you've had the car? Have you, whether it be while you were driving or at a car show? People always ask, like, oh, yeah, can you can you score chicks in a DeLorean? And it's most of the responses, um, no, mostly it's, like, young kids and, and old dudes. <laughs> but I can say that I did get a couple dates from from a, a girl because I own the car. <laughs> but she was a bit older than I was, so the car was more relevant to her than <laughs> girls my, girl my age was. That's pretty funny, yeah, so... So you're what, merely mid thirties. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty funny. So yeah. d- do you remember how did she find out about the car? Did you mention it or did she see well, you? In this it? is like kind of like it's almost out of a movie almost. So again, my friend Ryan and I were um, took our cars to um, like a trendy part of town that has lots of bars and it's like the hip scene in, in Fresno. It's called the Tower District. And so we pulled up in front of a bar and. Um, we're trying to find parking, and, like, the owner or, like, the head bartender came out and said, hey, park these cars right here in front, nice. right by the patio. Yep. And so we did, and so um, there was, like, some kind of, like, party going on. Someone was having a party at this bar, and uh, I just struck up a conversation with this girl, and it's just kind of, kind of interesting. Uh, but that's probably, like... Uh, like <laughs> One of the very few that, stories out Yeah, and I wasn't expecting to, to get that either. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know that anybody expects that. I I honestly don't think I have heard anybody that is, any guys that have picked up a woman because of the car, because of the DeLorean. But you're right, tons of kids and families and, and old guys. Yeah. <laughs> any other fun stories or experiences? Um, over the course of ownership, I've started to kind of get a bunch of spare parts that I want to have on hand just because I know some of these things are going to be available. Yeah. And so now that I have a second car, it's like compounded. It's like, oh, great. Now I have to, <laughs> two like, more of everything. I have to get two more of everything. <laughs> it's like I got four Rubbermaid bins of parts up in my spare bedroom <laughs> for when uh, the dark days of when DMC California or DMC Texas no longer exists. <laughs> because if you think about it, I'm 30, 33 now. In the next 20 years, I'd still want to own my cars. What's it going to be like? Yeah. And it's only getting worse because um, fuel injection components, are they're going to get older and so yeah. on and so forth. So whenever I find a deal, I, I pick up some parts and keep them. <laughs> so at some point in the future, I might be able to call Chris Miles for parts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well... Before we go, I often ask this question, and I always explain because I have too much junk in in my DeLorean trunk. So, what do you have in your in your silver car and your red car? Well, um, I alternate a tool bag in between both of them, depending on the one you're driving. Depending on the one I'm driving, yeah. Okay. And um, sometimes I have a chair that I keep in there for a car show or something like that. I learned that early on. Yeah. Um, sometimes I have some like memorabilia like signs or stuff but uh, I try to keep my trunks pretty empty just because I want to keep everything neat but I also make sure I have um, like a spare alternator belt in case I throw one off Um, good idea and uh, I got some you know spare fuses and relays and things like that um, because you never know uh, like extra wire or something like that just in case at some point I think I'd like to work with you more because 
again, you have some great knowledge that you've been willing to share and uh, being able to figure out what what relay went bad uh, is pretty useful. So I might have to uh, beg you to write some articles for DeloreanDirectory.com <laughs> and uh, give some more, share some more. Because I think that, didn't you help, uh, didn't Ron break down on the way back from DeLorean weekend? And, he did, yeah. And you said, oh, check the Check relay? this and this, yeah, and we figured it out eventually. And fortunately he had to get a tow home, but... Yeah, well, because he didn't have that, the spare Yeah, relay, exactly. Right? Well, again, Chris, uh, personally, thank you for helping me with my car, but also thanks for being on the show and sharing your experiences and your your DeLorean stories. And uh, I am excited to get to know you more and keep talking to you and uh, get some more of your, your feedback in the future. Sure. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. As always, please... Go check out DeLorean Talk on Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter and uh, all the social media platforms. If you have any feedback, comments, ideas, questions, you want to be on the show, send an email to comments at DeLoreanTalk.com. Also, please go check out the DeLorean Census on DeLoreanDirectory.com slash census. Share the information about your car or any of the cars you see publicly Uh, so we can kind of get a better account of how many are left out there. And thanks again for listening.